As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. You're listening to Here's the Catch with David Lombardi, Matt Barrows, and Dennis Brown on the Athletic Podcast Network. Well, finally, there was a good day for the 49ers, or a day where it seemed that maybe the amount of positive news outweighed the amount of negative news, and those have been few and far between this season. But on Wednesday, Jimmy Garoppolo and Raheem Mostert both returned to practice. Now, there's more negative news, but we'll get to that later. The injury list is always seems to be growing, updating, doing this and that. But I think that the updates on Wednesday in the positive fashion outweighed the ones in the negative negative fashion because we know that the most important component of this football team, especially given the fact that Nick Bosa is out for the season, is Jimmy Garoppolo, and in a very related way, Raheem Mostert is very important because he helps that rushing attack. That rushing attack helps Jimmy Garoppolo, and combined, those two forces can take the 49ers' places this year, but they just need them back out on the field. So even though it was in a limited capacity, I thought the fact that Garoppolo and Mostert were back at practice on Wednesday was absolutely huge for the 49ers. Yeah, how about this? Wednesday was the first day of 2020, that the 49ers had all their top offensive weaponry on the field at the same time. That's their best tight end, George Kittle, their their two best receivers, Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel, their best running back in, in Raheem Mostert, and Jimmy Garoppolo. <laughs> we had to wait until October for that to happen. We should say that Garoppolo was back on a limited basis, and so was Raheem Mostert. So it's still a bit wait and see for both of those guys, but... You know, my, my experience uh, covering the NFL for 18 seasons is that if a guy is limited on Wednesday, he's usually going to play on Sunday. So that bodes well for Garoppolo and Mostert, and, and that changes things. Those are two threats, offensive threats, that uh, this team just didn't have the last two games, and the Dolphins are going to have to deal with. That's fantastic news, because I don't know the numbers, but I know that this team wins a whole lot more when Jimmy Garoppolo is... is is the starting quarterback. I have the numbers. Well, well, what are the numbers? What are the numbers, Dave? 22 and 6 with him, 5 and 22 without him. Yeah, so so this team does really well when Jimmy Garoppolo is, is playing quarterback. No matter what you say about him and, and all the haters, but this team 
wins when he is the starting quarterback. So that I think that's great news. And then Raheem coming back into the, the lineup, he's just going to help this running game that's just struggled. Sometimes you, you may feel like the running game is, is gone, but you know, there's a lot of negative yards. So I, I'm excited. I mean, this is a Dolphins team. We talked about it last week. This is a game, we hate to say that it's a must win, but I think it's pretty important. I mean, it has to be a sense of urgency come Sunday against the Dolphins. You have an opportunity now to get a get a win at home, which you, you have not done, but against a team that you can, you can definitely get a win against. Knowing that Jimmy's back in the roster, Raheem's back, Debo's back, now we're talking about some of this explosiveness on offensive side we can put some points on the board and the team just wins with Jimmy it is what it is and I don't think it's been a quarterback since Colin you can actually say the team has won football games since Colin Kaepernick so I like it you know if he's limited today if he shows up on Sunday I think his team has a great chance of winning a football game well guys just like we say that the 49ers offense and defense have to play complementary football that that everything is intertwined the 49ers offense itself is completely interconnected with the way that Kyle Shanahan has built this. And hey, I would argue that most offenses have, you know, a relation between how well the running game is doing and how well the pass game is doing. But this 49ers offense, e- even more so that way, to both of your points, you talk about the impact that Garoppolo, guys like Mostert have. You have to factor that all in with something like the blocking and both run blocking and pass blocking. I think for the 49ers, more than any other team, are connected. Look what Shanahan has built. He's gotten a lot of offensive linemen and auxiliary run blockers who are run blocking specialists. Guys like Mike McGlinchey, run blocking specialist. Dan Brunskill, run blocking specialist. Ben Garland, same thing. Lakin Tomlinson grades out much better as a run blocker than a pass protector. Trent Williams is an exception on that line as an all-pro who can do everything. But if you look at this 49ers offensive line, pass protection is just not their strong suit, especially when they have to anchor down like statues without moving. And so that's why the consistent run game is so important, not just because you benefit from the yards that you pick up when Raheem Mostert is running wild into the secondary, but also because defensive lines, and Dennis can probably attest to this, but when defensive lines have to worry about those offensive linemen just pulling down the field and run blocking, they're going to be on their heels a little bit more. They're not going to be able to pin their ears back and get after the quarterback. And then when I say that everything's connected, even when they are trying to get after the quarterback, Jimmy Garoppolo's got a quick release and the 49ers are missing that. So I think we've seen this offense be so disjointed because they've been missing Garoppolo. They've been missing Mostert. That's all added up into an offensive line that you know hasn't quite been cohesive yet. I don't know why. We can discuss that further. But because the line isn't run blocking as well, Defenses are pinning their ears back, getting after whoever's replacing Garoppolo at quarterback, and the results, because everything's connected and because this whole intricate chain has been broken up, have just not been good. It starts with the protection, but you can't really say that it starts there because it starts with all parts of the chain working, and I think Garoppolo is intertwined with that protection and vice versa. Yeah, and it looks like that chain is, is finally starting to reassemble. And, you know, another big part of this is that, you know, the, the Dolphins' defense, uh, their defensive front simply isn't as good as the as the Eagles' defensive front. Almost a perfect storm for the 49ers. The Eagles, in this last game, the, the Eagles were coming off a, a couple of uh, embarrassing losses and a tie 
they were out to kind of prove themselves. The 49ers were coming back from a two-week road trip. So they were out of sync. The Eagles were champing at the bit, and what happened, happened. But I think the opposite will be the case uh, against the Dolphins. The 49ers are going to want to respond. Trent Williams, Mike McGlinchey, all those guys are going to want to bounce back, get that bad taste out of their mouth, and they'll do it against the Dolphins. And I don't know if Motrit's going to play. He had the sprained MCL, just like that Kittle had. And remember, Kittle practiced a bit before the Giants game, but didn't actually play in that game. So Mostert is back this week. But when he does come back, I mean, we look at these mile per hour ratings and it's, you know, sort of a a trumped up, splashy stat, just kind of catches your eye. But (laughs) he's got the two fastest times of any ball carrier in the NFL this season, and he hasn't played the last two games. 23.09 mile per hour on that 80-yard rushing touchdown against the Jets, and then in week one, he got up to 22.73. That's faster by a wide margin than Tyreek Hill, than anybody else in this league. My point being that this is like crazy speed that defenses have to respect. And uh, to David's point, you know, it's it's another reason why a defense sort of has to play a little bit more tentatively when he's in the game. Because if he's going to the outside, you got to get on your horse to to meet him out there or else uh, he's going to be gone real quick. So these are all big pieces of the puzzle that are starting to return to the lineup. Yeah, and you talk about Raheem and his his ability to get to the outside. That just works perfectly for what Kyle Shanahan wants to do, and that's to get these defensive linemen and these linebackers kind of run into the sidelines, and then that creates all your cutback uh, run lanes. Like you said, you have to respect a player like Raheem, and uh, you have to respect that outside, and you have to try to get him to cut it back inside, but to do that, you got to run to the sidelines. And I think that's what this Kyle Shanahan offense is kind of predicated on, is just making these guys move laterally and having these run lanes on the backside, these cutback lanes. So I think he's crucial to that. I think McKenna does a really good job at that. And Breida, who is, I think, is Matthew Breida, is he playing with the with the Dolphins now? Yeah, is he yeah he's the on Dolphins. Dolphins. So yeah, so he was another guy that was that was really good about getting to the outside, but once those run lanes opened up, back on the inside able to cut back so you're going to have to respect that with Raheem and he brings that but these the offensive line just has to play better I don't think I've seen the offensive line play as bad as they did last week and I know it was a pretty good defense Eagles defense pretty strong they're the strongest part of their team is their defensive front but uh on both sides both tackles were just kind of manhandled last week and they just got to get better and offensive line is one of those weird positions groups on a football field where they all kind of need to play together. And I don't know how you create that. I'm going to talk to Guy McIntyre later this week and kind of see how that's created. But, you know, these guys have been together for a while. I mean, Trent's new, but the other guys have been together. It, it seems like, you know, whatever it takes, they need to kind of come together and become one cohesive squad for them to play well. Because because last week, I mean, they were just getting manhandled last week. And it was in, and people were, you know, they, they were down, coming back from the East Coast, all that stuff. They just got popped in the mouth, I think. I, I think they they met a defense, a strong defense, uh, and they just got they got beat up. They got beat on both lines of, of line of scrimmage. So, you know, the offensive line has to play a lot better. But Raheem being in there and the, what he brings to the table, you know, kind of puts defenses on their toes a little bit. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. 
You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Let's talk about that offensive line because I think that absolutely is key. I think on one end, Garoppolo has shown the ability in the past to mask a lot of issues along the offensive line. I mean, uh, he came in in 2017 and he had that great five-game stretch. Only one of those games was played with Trent Brown, the starting right tackle at the time, who would later become the highest-paid offensive lineman in the NFL. But the Niners' line was terrible in 2017. They were giving up record amounts of hits per game, and then Garoppolo came in, went 5-0. and Lends credence to the theory that a good quarterback can mask a lot of issues. In 2019, the line was better. The pass protection still wasn't great, but they were able to run block really well. And I thought that became a huge part of the 49ers identity that wasn't present in 2017. So if you're the 49ers now looking at Garoppolo's return in 2020, I think that you want to take a little bit from both years. I think you want to take the Garoppolo who was able to explosively lead the offense in 2017 and you want to take the run blocking that was there in 2019 and attribute it to 2020 and if you can install it this year well that run blocking can help the pass blocking in the way that we described earlier because everything is connected but why haven't they been at that level from last season matt i could think of a lot of reasons one is that there hasn't been a lot of turnover but turnover is still turnover no matter where it comes it doesn't matter if you have signed an all pro like trent williams he still has to find a way to integrate and, and i think another key fracture point has been right guard Right, Because Daniel Brunskill is new at that position, yet during all of training camp, or most of it, he had to play at center because Ben Garland and Western Richburg were both hurt, and he had never played at center either. But what it did is is it took valuable cohesion development time, as you know, Dennis just said, was so important, away from Dan Brunskill because he was there working on his snaps with Jimmy Garoppolo after practice, after he snapped it over his head. And I think that might have really caused a domino effect of chaos along the 49ers line, one that was compounded by the fact that they had no preseason. Yeah, exactly. I mean, uh, you talk about cohesion time. Uh, you know, that was a big issue, the the injuries that they dealt with in training camp, and they didn't have a spring. So Daniel Brunskill, uh, who's played tackle pretty much all of his life, uh, his, his football playing life, um, you know, w- was switching to guard this year and simply just didn't get a lot of time to do that. And so the question becomes with the 49ers, do they have the patience to allow him to make up for that lost time on the go in a real game where, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo is is bearing the, the brunt of, of any mistakes that, that he might make, or does this team make a switch there? It doesn't look like it would be with, with Tom Compton, the veteran that they brought in. Compton's been inactive the last couple of games. I wonder, you know, how high is this team on Colton McKivitz? 
he was the fifth round pick that that Shanahan was very uh, high on after the draft and he got some right guard snaps and then Ben Garland also has played a lot of guard in his career that's primarily what he played when he was with the Falcons we see him as a center because he's played that here, but he was a guard in Atlanta. So when uh, Weston Richburg comes back, you know, possibly for week seven, probably for, for week eight, and given how well Garland has played, do you move Garland there and Weston Richburg back to center? So there are some options moving forward. It's, it's sort of unfair, you're right, to Daniel Brunskill to expect him to be a, an all-pro guard when he hasn't played it and had zero, really zero, off-season work uh, at that spot, but it's such a crucial position. We saw it in the Super Bowl that they do have to think about some uh, alternative solutions if it keeps going the way it has. An offensive line, it's not rocket science, guys. I mean, you're just you're you're just holding people, is what I say. But uh, <laughs> it's not like defensive yeah, I mean, <laughs> line where you have to be smart and talented. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I think you you said it right there with all the all the different moving pieces you just kind of went through, Matthew. It seems like there's nothing that's ever just you know guard, tackle, center, you know, right guard, left guard. I think it's it's all over the place. When you talk about the offseason and OTAs, I think that's huge. I think that's a great time for these guys to kind of build just being together, practicing together, working out together. I think that's how you kind of build it. And I think that's what maybe, you know, this this group of guys on top of the injuries and people playing new positions and, and guys coming in, they just get, didn't get that chance to do that. But they got to figure it out fast because, you know, after the Dolphins, this schedule gets pretty tough. You know, with Jimmy Garoppolo, we saw, you know, he hurt his ankle on Lincoln just getting beat to the outside. So it's, it's, it's important that you keep Garoppolo healthy. And, you know, we've set the numbers. And this team, it's hard for this team to win if he's not the starting quarterback. So they have to figure it out. I don't know how they figure it out. Like I said, I'm going to talk to Guy McIntyre, how difficult it is or how important it is, you know, for an offensive line to come together and how they do it to kind of work as one unit. But it's going to be super important to keep Jimmy Garoppolo upright and healthy. That's That's got to be, sure it is a major concern when it comes to kind of moving forward, if he's going to be back in the lineup. So what about Jimmy Garoppolo? I think that that's, you know, top on everybody's mind. We're not 100% sure if he's going to play on Sunday yet, but it's obviously getting closer. I think that's the news the 49ers really needed to hear this week because if Garoppolo didn't practice this week, then all of a sudden it's time for a major freakout because then you're saying, well, what if he doesn't practice next week and then he's not available for the Rams? I mean, consider the schedule that's coming up. You've got the Rams, then you've got the Patriots, then you got the Seahawks, then you've got the Packers, then you've got the Saints, then you have the Rams again, and then you have the Bills. I mean, there's nothing easy coming up. In fact, the only quote-unquote easy game is this one against the Dolphins and their worst-ranked defense in the league. And as we know, nothing is easy when you're as beaten up as the 49ers are. So at the very least, you want it Garoppolo trending toward a return for the Rams game. At the very best, you get him back this weekend so that he can acclimate against the Dolphins so that you have a slightly easier time against a weaker opponent and so that he's 
you know, doesn't have to jump in cold turkey against Aaron Donald and company. I don't know what to expect out of Garoppolo this week, Matt, but I think the big picture is what's really important. And the big picture is what I alluded to a little bit earlier. Since everything is connected, since Garoppolo's there at the line of scrimmage, even in the run game, he's the one that pulling some of those strings to make sure that the 49ers are in the right run play. And then in the pass game, he's getting rid of the ball quicker than Nick Mullins or CJ Beathard. And, and he's more mobile. So he's moving, he's making off schedule play more efficiently than they are all of those things will come back and help the 49ers offensively and they hope that he's also avoiding negative plays at a better rate than Nick Mullins because those killed him last week but everything the 49ers hope will come together when they have their guy under center and I think that they're really hoping that that process begins this week yeah that's why Dennis said it was a a must win I mean look at that murderer's row that's coming up and it, it's a it's a must win to to get the W, and I think it's a must win to sort of get everything going in the right direction again too. As you said, to get Garoppolo, you know, back in the swing of things, to get Daniel Brunskill or whoever a little bit more playing time, so that they get used to one another. I mean, uh, they the, the Rams move. I hate to look ahead, but the Rams move Aaron Donald all along that defensive front. He can play. And he can play nose tackle, he can play defensive tackle. He's going to match up uh, against the weakest opponent. It's sort of a, a no-brainer right now who that would be for the 49ers. And uh, Brunskill didn't do very well against him last year when he got uh, a couple of starts at guard. Talk about an, an unfair scenario. One of his first games was uh, was against the Rams and Donald. So, you know, getting all that cohesion, that's why... This game is is so important. It's almost uh, a, a warm up. We don't want to dismiss it as that, but they need to get all their ducks in a row because, as you guys both noted, it gets really really tough from here on out. This is a home game it, during the day. You got to take advantage of it and and basically use it for what it is. It's uh, the precursor to a really really tough schedule that that lies ahead. You know, and I just wonder will you see Jimmy Garoppolo wearing a knee brace? and an ankle brace. He's not the greatest mobile person, but that that's really going to restrict a lot of his, his movement if he's got to wear an ankle brace to protect that high ankle sw- spring and also a knee brace. And you're right. I mean, it seems kind of early. I hate to never say a must win, but you know, again, you got to have some urgency this this weekend. I mean, you really got to get this game in the bag and you can't let it slip through your fingers. Last week we had a quarterback that wasn't playing very well, but on the defensive side, you let him get confidence. You let him run the ball. You let him feel like he could pretty much do what he wanted to do, scramble around, break contain. We got another quarterback coming up here that can do the same thing to you. I mean, his his numbers aren't so great, but if you get Ryan Fitzpatrick hot, get him, you know, get him in any type of rhythm, he can pick pick apart your secondary. And he's a big dude. He doesn't mind running. He's got a strong arm, but if you give him some confidence, just like last week uh, with Carson Wentz, I mean, this is a guy that could really hurt you if he's got the ball in his hands and he's got confidence. So you got to get this win. Somehow you have to figure it out. Put it together on on the offensive side, but you definitely got to put together on your defensive side 
and get after Ryan Fitzpatrick if he's if he's a guy starting. Yeah, and uh, Fitzpatrick, it was funny because against Jacksonville in that Thursday night game, that was week two, I believe. That was the week where Jimmy Garoppolo played half the game against the Jets and was really good. And, and I like looking at the advanced accuracy numbers. And Garoppolo was just absolutely off the charts that week against the Jets with the completion percentage above expectation. It was like plus 18% over the average quarterback. So he was really good. And I was almost sure that Garoppolo was going to lead the entire NFL that week. Lo and behold, Ryan Fitzpatrick was number one in the NFL because he had like plus 22% against the Jaguars in that Thursday night game. And it just goes to show you that this is the NFL. And on any given night or day, you know, even a guy like Ryan Fitzpatrick can go out and play as the best quarterback in the NFL. These are all professionals and everybody can have a very hot game. And obviously the the one game at a time thing applied last week, as you said, Dennis, because Carson Wentz wasn't nearly as bad as he had been in weeks one to three. You know, he, he wasn't great, but he did enough to push the Eagles to victory. So you have to be wary every week in the NFL and you can't give a opposing offenses too many chances. And that's my stance on the 49ers defense. I'm a big proponent of them. I think Robert Sala is still doing a good job. They're obviously weaker than they were before. They don't have Nick Bosa. I mean, they're injured in the secondary really badly. Had Ken Webster getting a lot of snaps this last game. Uh, but the 49ers offense needs to throw them a bone, needs to help them out. That's where the complimentary football for me comes in. In fact, I was looking up the DVOA of the defense for the 49ers uh, this year. They're ranked in the top eight, in the top five, I think, for most of the first, second, and third quarters. But the fourth quarter, their defensive ranking drops down to number 22. And what that tells me is that the offense just isn't getting it done, that they're out there for too long. Yeah. Just too many shots at this defense. It doesn't have closers like Nick Bosa, like they did last year. And and I really think that to string it fully together, especially before a lot of these guys come back, they're going to need some help. Yeah, and, and talking about the defense, I think that they've obviously benefited by playing some pretty lousy offenses in recent weeks and, and offenses that were missing key weaponry. And you know, that, that sort of continues Sunday against the Dolphins, although the Dolphins do have a pretty good downfield receiver in Devontae Parker. He was a first-round pick, I think, in 2015. Somebody the 49ers considered that year. You know, Jason Verrett has played well, but none of these guys has really been tested since the DeAndre Hopkins game in week one. I think there was one downfield pass that Verrett had to deal with against the Giants, and then, of course, the uh, the Travis Fulgham touchdown against Dante Johnson, who we learned subsequently was uh, dealing with a groin injury that kept him out of practice on Wednesday. So he has a bit of an excuse there. He was playing injured in that game. My point, though, is that they really have not been attacked. And I think that's going to change with Devontae Parker. And it certainly will change when the Rams come to town a week later. So it'll be interesting to see uh, if Verrett continues to play well. I think if you're looking for silver linings in the first four games, Jason Verrett is one of them for sure. Uh, he, he's been great and he's been healthy and he played through a hand injury and, uh, you know, he's going to start, uh, this, this upcoming game as well. So I'm just sort of curious from a curiosity standpoint, uh, I'd love to see him get attacked deep and see what he does. This is a guy that ran a sub 4-4-40 coming out of his draft. Uh, so he's got the deep speed. He's got the feistiness. He's got everything you want. 
the only thing that's been missing in his career is is health. This will be a, a fun test, I think, for Jason Verrett and whoever is on the other side of him. I, that's right, right now. That's a uh, that's a big question because most of the the Forty ers cornerbacks are injured. I thought this was a game Richard Sherman were, was going to return. No, no, one more week, at least at one least, more week. Yeah. yeah. Talk about Jason Verrett. The deep ball. I'm more worried about this Dolphins offense uh, running some read option stuff. I and mean, we've seen the last couple of weeks. Carson Wentz just you know, embarrass the defense with twice on that read option. And I just wonder if that becomes part of the game plan. I mean, I really, for some reason, Deion Jordan can't figure out that read option and what his, what his responsibility is on that read option. So, you know, they've got they've got some horses that can actually run that read option type of thing. Quarterback pull the ball out and run. So that's, that's what I'm, I'm, I'm concerned because now it's on tape two weeks in a row where basically the quarterback has got big gains on, you know, that read option when you pull the ball out and run down the field. That's what my concern is. What if the Dolphins have something in their playbook that's going to kind of exploit that defense on the edges with the with the that stretched or that read whatever it's called I call it an option play for a quarterback but if they're going to kind of test the defense on that and it's going to be interesting to see who lines up at in if that can be kind of figured out or will be exposed again yeah that's what you definitely miss Nick Bosa and his discipline and his knowledge of the game being at that edge he played it so well last year remember the Saints tried to pull a fast one on the 49ers with Taysom Hill and he goes there and undercuts his ankles with that one of the best plays of the year just a diving play far in the backfield extremely impactful if I remember correctly in the flow of that game and then I mean you saw Deion Jordan running like a chicken with his head cut off um, the wrong way I mean that might be the ugliest defensive drive of the year. I think of the last two years for the 49ers where the Eagles scored on their opening touchdown. First, there was absolutely no screen recognition for the 49ers defense. That was a big play for the Eagles to get them down far into 49ers territory. And then on the the keeper from Wentz, I mean, Jordan, Wentz was across the goal line and Deion Jordan was still running after the running back on the other side of the field. So Shanahan addressed that, said that um, he was hoping the 49ers got on top of that a little bit earlier in the week this time because he thought that they were a little slow, obviously, getting to that last week. So that's something that they're going to have to to address because you want Deion Jordan to be able to focus on his standard pass rushing. That's where he is at his best. But you have to pay the toll to get to those pin your ears back situations. And, you know, for opponents of the 49ers, the toll is to stop their run game. For the 49ers, the toll means stop the read option and the quarterback runs. Get the quarterback in the pocket. Once you've paid the toll, he's in the pocket, then you could feast, then you could have your fun. But they obviously were delayed in, in getting to that against the Eagles. So... That'll help moving forward. With the Dolphins, guys, you have a team that is playing better offensively than the Eagles were coming in. So there's that challenge for the defense. They're not great offensively, but like I said, you had Ryan Fitzpatrick explode in week two, so he has the capability of doing that. But you have an extremely weak defense. So I do think this is get right week for the 49ers offense. I'll predict it right now. I think Jimmy Garoppolo will play. If he doesn't, I have the res- I have reserved the right to change my prediction. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> um, if he does, I think the 49ers are going out and scoring 35 points on a bad defense. I really do. I think they're going to score 35. I think the Dolphins will score some. I'd say 35-21, 49ers win this game. What do you think, Matt? Yeah, I, I remember, I forget who said this. It, it may have been Vic Fangio a few years ago. He was asked about like a big upcoming matchup and who would win. And he said that 
you know, usually these things come down to timing, like, you know, which team is, is injured, which team is coming off a, a long road trip, which team got embarrassed the week before. And, uh, you know, the timing was uh, every bit against the 49ers uh, versus the Eagles. This time, the timing favors them. They're the ones coming off the uh, embarrassing loss. Uh, they're the ones who are at home, uh, not having to uh, go across the country, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so I, I think that they will bounce back. This will be a bounce back game for them. I don't know if it's going to be a blowout, but um, I, I think that they're going to win comfortably. I'm going to go with uh, I'll go with 30 points, uh, 30 to 20. That's going to be my final score. We just talked about this Dolphins defense. There's no name players. There's no big players. There's, there's going to be no big time plays. I think this is a, a defense like the Giants. They can score some points on, and I think the defense finally gets it right. I think they they get after the quarterback finally. I think this. The front four finally figures it out. Uh, you see some good, consistent pass rush. I think the secondary is going to do its job. I, I see 30 points on the board. I'm going to say I'm gonna say 31-7. I think it's it's going to be kind of a blowout. Wow. Yeah, well, that would be a statement, and it definitely would be something the 49ers need heading into the gauntlet, which uh, will make or break the season. And, hey, if they lose to the Dolphins, that might break the season before they even enter the gauntlet. So uh, it, you never like to call anything a must-win unless it's mathematically a must-win. But uh, this is one that the 49ers, I think, desperately want to have. And they also need to use it as, as a way to warm up for the games after that. So dual purpose in this game against the Miami Dolphins on Sunday. Well, uh, thanks, guys. It, it was another fun one. We'll talk to you after the football game on Sunday. Earlier this time, we get to, to record the podcast because it's not a night game, which is nice. We are 1 p.m. at Levi Stadium. For Matt Barrows and Dennis Brown, this is David Lombardi. Talk to you after the game on Sunday. <laughs>